0: Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to my podcast, Leeds Takes Two. In this podcast, I'll be joined by a guest each week to discuss all things Leeds United. We'll discuss match reviews and previews, latest news from the club, as well as some fun segments. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, and welcome to episode four of the Leeds Takes Two podcast, First of all, I'd like to say welcome back to episode four. And yep, we're still here, which is a good thing. Now, I'm going to introduce my guest this week as somebody you'll have heard from before. But he's also someone that I've heard that Jesse Marsh asks the pictures when he sees him at service stations. So uh, <laughs> I'd like to welcome back once again, um, Steve. So morning, Steve, how are you doing? Morning, mate. I'm good How are you. Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, I know, uh, you know, Jesse Marsh is your, your new biggest fan, is he, I've heard? So, uh, we'll get into that picture because I do want an explanation behind it when we talk about the game. But, um, yeah, it did make me laugh when I saw that. And, obviously, it were um, right place, right time for you. But, no, it's good to get you back. Um, a bit like episode three, I'm not going to go into the whole getting to know the guest thing because, obviously, I've got to know you, you know, from the first episode that you did with me. So, um, I won't make you rehash the past again. And no, it's great to have you back. And, obviously, I know you've... Uh, you know, long-suffering trip to Southampton that weekend. I'm not saying suffering because of result. It was more because of the, uh, the travel and stuff involved in that. But what I'll do, Steve, is I'll sort of go with in- the game a little bit, give a story game for, for, for listeners, and then I'll get your take on it. Because as I tease in episode three, we're sort of our uh, reporter on the ground on Saturday. So it was sat in the, uh, sat in the stadium that can give me, like I say, things that you miss. I mean, I watched the game. I want to give you my methods and how I watch the game because, as we all know, and it wasn't on Sky TV. But um, yeah, let's just say, less said about that the better especially on a podcast yeah. <laughs> as I'll say yeah got coverage of the game so obviously I've, I've watched along with, with yourself but you know man on the ground will give me the best but yeah get you start your game really quickly for me first half really really dull if I'm honest I mean when I say dull I like goals me, and who likes to know at half time but felt Like both sides cancelled each other out. I felt like we tried to, to do our usual high tempo, high pace sort of game. So I found kind of sat deep and absorbed getting and sort of looked to, to you know to get themselves into the game. And I felt like we cancelled each other out. So I don't feel like that first half were anything to shout home about. And then obviously that leads us on nicely to at second half when, um, yeah, it all went mad a bit really, didn't it? See? So yeah, Rodrigo, minute into the second half on 46, lovely, lovely cross from Harrison. I'm going to talk about it in a bit more detail towards the end of this. But yeah, lovely crossing by Harrison. Nice little flick from Rodrigo. Loops it over goalkeeper. One of the leads. Obviously, Rodrigo got mental as he has been doing re- re- you know, recently. And yeah, game on, innit? We were, we were buzzing for that. And then as you could see by you know, away stand went mad, obviously at St. Mary's and yeah, it was just a crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy goal. But then got even better, didn't it? Sixty minutes in. You know, this one's weird because I, I was I was talking to somebody else and I said, Do you Remember when you were at school Steve and you had like these greedy lads who, who played up front? Used to get you yeah, to yeah. stuff and then nick your goal up and go, Oh, yeah, I scored a banger last night. What for my yard out, mate? And and Rodrigo kind of did that, didn't he? You know, strike fantastic header from corner. And then Rodrigo at line just decides to nod it in for a laugh. And it was like, you know, a bit harsh really. Me and Lucas debated what it going in, what it not. From angle we had you know, it looks like it were going to go in. You never know, do you? But I think Rodrigo made doubly sure, completely nicked his goal bonus so to be honest with you. But yeah, 2 0 again. Absolute madness again in stands. You know, we were sort of buzzing. Oh, here we go, six in six. You know, we we're really happy. And then for me, and I'm sure Steve'll be you know, really hammer on this point when he gives us his view, but we got knackered. You know The high tempo that we now play at, we just got absolutely knackered. It was a hot day, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to play football because professional sports people, but yeah, it's a hot day, and even you know, I can't walk to the local supermarket in heat without getting sweaty, so let's be honest. I know they've actually been finely tuned, but ultimately, it's going to get to them in especially on South Coast. But uh, I think fatigue setting. I think Marsh probably is guilty of bad game management, and I don't like saying that, but he, he admitted himself. We didn't make subs at the right time, they did. A rebo came on and it was an absolute threat from the off, one it And he gave us twelve to minutes before he, you know, eventually found the equaliser. Good goal, if I'm honest. You know, he got got ball and corner the box, took on a couple of players, took it round Melier with a nice little nutmeg in between while we're on the floor. Three players were on line, well on line, but none of them could stop it. For me, strike were out of position, so I probably blame him for that goal. And even more so, we can't talk about the the equaliser, sadly. But um, yeah, second goal came, then it's nine minutes later, 81. Kyle Walker-Peters with absolute acres of space. To be fair, it was a lovely pass that sort of found him on, on that channel and he were free. But Jack Harrison some fairest man back. Now that tells me that there's something wrong with your, your, your shape there because your shape's just simply not there, is it? We'd, we'd lost it all. But yeah, he sort of had his own way, cut into a box and, you know, made it, made it to all. And for me, they deserved to come back. And we've talked obviously outside of this podcast about how we were with late goals and how lucky leads they've been. And for me, that was just a team doing it to us. And it kind of just deserves. And I think Southampton deserved it But where they played the last 30 minutes. We slacked off, didn't make the right subs there, didn't it, it paid off, didn't it? And it wasn't just the rebound; that it kind of contributed to that. You know, they've made a couple of decent subs, haven't they? And it's just sort of worked. And, and frustratingly for us, we were like, it's two points dropped, and it probably is. You know, we'll sit here and say, we should have taken all three, but ultimately, four points from two, can we really complain? But yeah, it were uh, that Maro on it that came on on 70, that he did cause a lot of pain as well. But to give you some stats, this is funny because I was talking about not having lost possession this season. And <laughs> I laughed about the fact that we wouldn't have much and we'd probably beat teams by not having much at ball, but making the ball count. And possession wise, we were 57% to 42 or 43. It's 42.6 to 57.4. But yeah, we've been outpossessed them. Shots 14 to 13 in their favour. Shots on target, 5 to 4 in our favour. Off target, 7 to 4 in their favour. And then block shots three to them, four to us. What I was impressed by is we had seventy-five percent of passing percentage to their sixty-nine. So we are using the ball really well and controlling long periods of games. Five corners to their two, didn't make the corners count, in my opinion. And we were seventy-five percent successful in tackle, which I think's really good, and fifty-seven percent in air. So for you that broad life spells of that game, we just fell asleep. But yeah. Final score was two two. Obviously, I were a little bit pissed off and a few minutes that but you know, it happens, like and, and leads to it obviously erupted, and we were going to be relegated by Christmas again, and it all went mad as it usually does. But yeah, as that no reporter on the ground, Steve, what's your sort of take on the story of that game?
1: Yeah, so I think, like, right, first half, mate, it almost felt as if both teams knew because of conditions we're playing in. Um, like, say, were well, absolutely, I know, red all, all over the country, but especially down south, mate. Um, and it was, it was as if both teams knew about that, that we going to be a factor later on in game, so. It felt like they were kind of holding back a bit in that first half, which probably like contributed it to being a bit of a, a sort of dull affair. But yeah, come out second half, mate. And obviously when Rodrigo scored 1-0 up, and then when we made it 2-0, I'm thinking, you know, now's the time. That was the time for me to change the game. And I think you're right. I think, you know, Marsh got it wrong. He got it right the week before against Wolves. I thought the subs he made completely changed the game. It won us the game. His game management were perfect. But I just think on Saturday... Um, it got that one wrong. I think that was just a perfect time when we made it 2 0, half an hour left, get some fresh legs on, yeah, um, and, and just t- turn the screw a bit. Um, obviously, going back to the goal as well second goal for Rodrigo, just doing what all strikers should be doing you know, if you get that yeah. opportunity to nick him, uh, get yourself nicked in. But I'm honestly, mate, I'm absolutely buzzing, uh, for Rodrigo. I'm really hoping that he's going to have a good season. And obviously, so far, top scoring in Premier League. Um, I think he still is. Anyway, it's not changed since then. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing for him. I think the thing what's worrying me, um, and I had a feeling this will potentially going to be an issue, is just how we are at full-backs. We're just looking very weak. Um, I hate to say it, mate, but I just I, I'm not sure me if Kristensen's going to be up to the job. Obviously, it's early days, am you know I'm not going to jump on him now. It's giving benefit of doubt, but we just look so weak at full-backs. And what's worrying me is if we come up against a team who can switch ball quickly. Um, we've got them quick attacking forwards potential at like Chelsea um, on Sunday. I just think we're going to come unstuck, but still a lot of positives to take away. I think you know new players, everyone looks great. I'm really impressed with Aronson. Like Aronson, just we've we've got a good player on his hands there. Uh, Sinister looks lively as well when he come on. Um, I'm interested to see him once he gets uh, once he gets some more minutes behind him. But yeah, mate. we're... I think sometimes when, when you draw a game, it, it's the manner in which you draw, which makes it, you know, whether you come away, whether it's a good or a bad result. Like You know, we, let's say Southampton go 1-0 up, we make it 1-1, one, one, then they go 2-1 up, we make it two apiece. You know, you come away from game then, don't you, thinking yeah, that's a good point game, but when you're 2-0 up and, and, you know, you can't see two breakaway goals, like that, it's a tough one to swallow, but then looking at other results, what, you know, some of the results, what are coming in? I mean, you've got Scum and Liverpool, you know, neither of them's got a win under the belt yet. Yeah. Um, so nothing's a given, is it, in that league? And I always think win your own games, and if you pick points up away from home, then you, you're always going to be there or thereabouts. So, you know, four points from them first two games, mate. I'd have snatched your hand off before start of the season if you'd offered us that. So,
0: yeah, yeah day, mate. You enjoy yourself down there with it nice and that trip, and that obviously, yeah, mate.
1: Great day, honestly. It was one of the best away ends as well. I've seen for uh, I've seen in a long time. Like, Great trip, and you know this is sometimes when people say to me, you know, people that really that into football, or you know, they'll just watch odd game on TV. It's like I don't get it. Like, why would you want to do a ten hour round trip to like watch football? I was like, you really don't understand. You really don't understand. For me, just like, I love, obviously, I love going home, row mate, but away days from the other one so uh, good to get that first one, uh, first one in that season. Just yeah, a I shame uh, the... we didn't come away so with three that points.
0: You're sort of getting your son away, aren't you? And it's good that because, as I said, it's, it's tricky for me, with it's football commitments, especially he's got Saturdays on Sundays now. So he's doing sort of JPL, Junior Premier League football on a Saturday and then Sunday League on a Sunday. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's a case of, you know, I'll make it to my own games. But, yeah, the way games are going to be tricky unless it's a Tuesday night in the middle of nowhere. But then it's, uh, yeah, the usual things of school and work. And if I'm sure we'll get to a couple, I'm determined this year to get my son on road. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to reach out to my contacts and try and get some stuff sorted. But I think you summarise that well, stay and I think a couple of things for me were the players. So, obviously, you've highlighted Aronson. I think, again, he's going to be brilliant and he's only going to get better. Rodrigo speaks for himself. You know, he's, he's currently golden boot leader. Will he stay there? Probably not. But ultimately, he's getting goals and he's doing his job. Or is he? I mean, he's playing deep, isn't he? So, that's not necessarily the player as a number nine. Because Bamford obviously started in that role. I know he dropped in. You know, he's, he's doing a job in it, so pre-season he was top scorer, top scorer so far for us. I do genuinely hope that he bags an absolute shed load this year. I think Adams continues to impress me. I think him and Rocker have got a great partnership going, and I think is going to struggle to break that. But I like Farshaw, as I've said, a lot of people hate him. Click, again, can't see him again It's a team, can he? And it's like, who do you drop? And we'll talk about that as we preview RTM um, on Sunday. And then obviously, for me, Christensen, you're right, I'm a massive fan of his but he did let us down in parts. And also the strike experiment at left-back did quite worth it on uh, on Saturday. So we need to sort that out. And I think um, as we talk about transfers, which is again one of my segments a bit later on, we, we have identified the need, haven't we, for the um, possibility of a left-back. And for me, striker might not be the biggest priority. People might moan at me for that. But I think we've got Bamford if he stays fit. We've got Rodrigo that can fill that role. Dan James at a push. Geldart, Greenwood, all Greenwood I can see playing more of a midfield role this year, which people think I'm crazy for, but we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I think there's there's a lot of attacking options. So do we go all in on a striker, or do we absolutely put all our chips down and get a really decent left back in that's going to just give us that edge? And then obviously, yeah, right back could be a problem. And the Christiansen gets his confidence back, but he might have a bit of a tough time Sunday before it gets better for him, but. Yeah, Leeds was nicely into Chelsea. And, and what I'll say to the listeners now is I'm away next week. So to, we've not got a real bumper episode today. So we are going to preview Leeds-Chelsea, Barnsley versus Leeds and Brighton versus Leeds. So we are doing the next three games. And I appreciate it's a lot to listen to and it's a lot to digest as a listener. But I'd rather do that than give you no content at all the miss games out. And obviously for predictions and stuff like that, I'd like to get him in. So um, I'm going to start on Sunday, Steve. Obviously, Yeah, uh, Leeds versus Chelsea. Loose got a game actually this Sunday, so it won't be a rush because it will be two o'clock kickoff. Sometimes if you get twos at half past fours or whatever, you know, it, it depends. It's two twos are harder than half fours, obviously on a Sunday, but yeah, in terms of kickoffs it can be <laughs> it can be tricky to make it. But yeah, we're talking about this Sunday, twenty first of uh, of August, Leeds versus Chelsea. So yeah, I'm gonna ask for his opinion on, on the team and stuff like that. But um I mean you're right, you are there, right? You the stage. Yes, mate, yeah, yeah. Yes, so you'll be again the reporter on the ground as well. I might even try and catch you. It depends what's happening Sunday. because the two o'clock kickoff. It depends how busy I can have sit at home, but I will catch you at some point. So we have to promise each other this pint that we didn't quite make it before be for pre season, but um, not my fault. You were in the right place. I just won. Um, yeah, Luce <laughs> Chelsea. Tricky for me because, mate, it's something that's head and heart thing, isn't it? For me, my heart says we can have a go at them. And they haven't yeah. started that well. And I'm a bit like, you know, we could get a result here. In reality, probably not going to. And I say that sort of heavy heart, really, because same team likely for us played on uh, on Saturday, minus maybe Bamford, who, who took that knock. I know he's been picking Armand up as, as Bamford, not he? So I think he's, you know, he's going to be a starter in if he's fit. But Rodrigo, like I say, can step in. I and mean, we have got options on bench. You haven't seen much at youngsters yet after this season, but... I think probably the same team, give or take Bamford. If Bamford isn't there, you know, I could argue, what does he do? Does he bring James on and start him on one at Wings and then move, you know, move Marlinson maybe in a bit and Rodrigo up top? But, yeah, we'll see what Martial's has to do on that. But I think Chelsea have got into their floor a bit now. I know they drew to all, didn't they, at weekend? And it would have been a late equaliser from Spurs. And then they did beat West Ham convincingly, but they're still in position wearing where they did what we did and they surrendered a, a lead. All right, I want a, a 2 0 lead, but, you know, they've they got, they, they got their game, didn't they, on Saturday, so, or Sunday their game, on it? But I just feel like Chelsea are going to be too strong. I think, like you said, they've got pace in that team and they've got a really good defence, albeit an ageing defence. I think Hula is class and I think Silver's just got that sort of experience that you can't buy, can you? And, you know, comparing it to sort of our in the experience side in a lot of ways in terms of top, top-level football, I know I've played in Premier League, but, you know, we've got some Champions League players here, are not we, that we're up against and it's difficult. I'm going to predict, I think I'm going to go for for Chelsea. Well, Leeds won Chelsea too. I'll give it the proper pronunciation, given it an and away team, but I'm going to go for a, a 2-0, a 2-1 Chelsea win and um, I don't want to do that because obviously it's you know, it's predicting a loss, is it? But I just think they'll be too strong. I think we'll score because Chelsea have shown this season you can get at them and I think if we got it in first half and thought our kitchen sink at um, we could get one maybe two goals if we really really put pressure on. But then I always think Chelsea have got that bit of quality. And Mason Mount had a, a baller, you know, against us last time, didn't he? Of quality, but not that I rate him too much. But you know, he seems to have a good game against Leeds. I don't really like us, and likewise, the feeling is mutual, isn't it? But um, yeah, I'm going to go for sort of two, yeah, two one Chelsea for me. And uh, yeah, that's where I am Steve. So, what, what's your prediction of this preview of this game?
1: Yeah, similar to yourself, mate. I'm always saying with these type of games, it's the old uh, Ed and Art thing, don't it? You know, I I convinced myself all week, I'm thinking, ah, do you know what? We might be, uh, we might nick somebody or might sneak a 1 0 or get a draw. But I think if we're going to be realistic, you know, they've got some real quality, aren't they, in that side? And, you know, they're definitely going to be up there, top four, top five this season. That's guaranteed. I think. I can't. I, I just can't see him turning it on against us, mate. And I I hate to say it. And I really, really hope I'm wrong. But I just, I can't see anything but Chelsea, maybe 3-0. Yeah, fair I enough.
0: Say,
1: I just, I, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the pace, What what me, man, I still think, you know, with, uh, similar to yourself, I don't think he's going to change the team. Um, I don't think there's much we can really do at the minute anyway, fullback back wise And I, I just think that's where they're going to hurt us. I think they're going to hurt us down wings, going to get in behind and uh, I think we're going to struggle. But as I say, obviously, I hope I'm wrong, mate. Um I, I really do hope we can uh, we can pull something off. At the end of the day it's at Ellen Road, crowd's gonna be buzzing, crowd's gonna yeah, exactly. be it. If, if if players can rise to occasion as well. Who knows? But you know, if it does come down to it, um and we do lose, it's it, you know, I still look at these three games and I think compared to last season and you look at start what matter and how long it took us to get four points on board, you know, I won't be coming out of Ellen Road
0: uh, disheartened at all. No, nah, that makes perfect sense. And I think I've got a question for you, Steve. I've you on the spot. now. I'm not putting you on the spot. You'll be able to this. But um, what I'd love to see at least, and again, putting it in now because we're talking about as the next game, but I'd love to see a partnership. You know, like you see these clubs where Kane and Son are combining and then you see De Bruyne that combines with players at City. I'd love to see maybe Harrison and Rodrigo really tuning themselves into each other this season. Because Harrison, Harrison at the moment is the leading start. Well, he's got 11 goal chances created, hasn't he, this season that's the most in Premier League, Rodrigo's top scorer, yeah. leads really at the moment, is showing that we've got a player that's creating more than anybody else, and a striker that's converting more than anybody else, or as many three goals, It's not like it's scored 50, but that could be for me a potential, and obviously if Addison stays on that wing and Rodrigo reads his crosses and stuff, could we see the start of a partnership there that will give us a lot, because goal involvement is what it's about in at the moment, goals, goals matter, but goal involvement is what people talk about now, don't they, and, Harrison's getting in there. Rodrigo's getting involved. He can also drop deep and assist. I don't know. Do you think? It, do you think there's a possibility of maybe seeing that partnership, or am I just dreaming here?
1: Yeah, no, mate. Definitely. I think you know if you look at that last that that last pre-season game, what we played at home. Um, I thought Harrison Bamford, and Rodrigo, some at wing cup play, what they were, and Aronson getting involved as well. I, th- I thought it looked really good, and I think in these first two games, right, I think going forward we, we're looking dangerous. We're, we're creating. I just, as I say, for me, it's the it, it it's still defensive. We're not necessarily at centre half because I actually thought Llorente, uh played really well on Saturday, uh, but I still think that the backs you know, that's just where we're struggling. I think you know we are going to have options there at right back. So there's going to be competition for places. Um, but I just think left back, mate. I think if we're gonna go out with any, I know you spoke earlier about, you know, do we go all out for a for another striker or do we pump money into a good left back? I think out of two, if we could if we could only fill one gap for me, it'd be that left back. Um so I think if we could solid up in 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 as right in as full back positions, then I don't think we've got much to worry about this season if we can keep uh, if we can keep players fit. I agree it's with you there. just,
0: no, go on, sorry. It's just it's
1: I, I was just going to say, mate, as well, you know, going on, going back onto, uh, onto Saturday's game, and it well, the same way people were all stood around, as everyone were kind of in the same boat. Like, you know, we've had all summer to figure out what we're going to do striker-wise. Uh, obviously, I know Joffrey were injured and stuff, but I needed to be probably the replacement, but we're still playing Dan James up front. And for me, I, I like Dan James. I do think he can be a good player for us, but he's not a striker. And I just think he's constantly getting played out of position. Um, so that was just another thing what well, a bit sort of disappointed in you know full summer and then we're still doing the same thing again. Dan James at the top, it's just it's just not working for me.
0: You're right, it don't work. I agree with you completely on that. And it's that's I, I like him. I think he, he he sort of had a good preseason, then he missed that first game didn't it, through suspension, and then he sort of you know had a bit parts, a bit more, and a bit parts of play, so injury, but he came on. And it looked lively, didn't it, on Saturday? And I think one thing me and Luke have noticed, I'm sure you've noticed it yourself, I'm not preaching that, you know, big football, the I'm not be able to start me a, a spreadsheet out on a PowerPoint, but we're too narrow, aren't we? And, and what I'm noticing is the fullbacks are sort of struggling because of the narrowness of our players. Aronson's supposed to play wide, but it comes in centre. Aronson's on the other side, who generally does stick to the wing, but can cut in. I think we're too narrow. And what we're trying to do is see the fullbacks overlap when they are overlapping and... As wingers are going in, we're creating such a space around back that a nice ball over back or, or a through ball or a ball over top, and we're getting quite out. Oh, we, and like you said, Christianson's are not back foot, strikes not back foot, and neither of the most quickest players we've got. I think we struggle to get back, and that's what showed against Southampton. I think, but you know, Wolves, different with Wolves, because they were to break their goal with just run a runner player on it, sort of edge area, you know, cross bar job that we had. So, not quite the same vein as the two we can see on Saturday, but yeah, we are going to concede a lot of goals it's not our formation, and I don't know whether he needs to address that. Just think your wingers, through, your wingers are wingers, and I don't mind a fallback overlapping, but you've got to have the ability then to get back like a Robinson, like a Trent does for um, for, for, for Liverpool. I don't mean a, not not like Liverpool, are we? What I mean is you need that type of player, don't you? And smart Lucas you from uh, you know like, is he Villa now, or whatever money is at Villa, isn't it? he, is he Villa now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I thought he was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going mad then, thinking of, my, thinking of my FIFA packs. You're not trying to figure out where he played. But uh-huh. he was that kind of player, will not he? Gets forward, gets back, does his job, experienced. I'm not saying that's go by him, because we I mean, won't move again. Well, this moved last season. But yeah, I just feel like someone like him would be would be ideal. So yeah, I'm going to move on to Barnsley versus Leeds. And this will be a difficult one, this for us won't it? because we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday yet. We might have five, 15 injuries. We might, you know, end up with half a team. But we'll try our best. Let's just let's just presume that the of last season ain't going to happen again. We're going to have a fully fit squad. Life's going to be perfect. Probably won't be. But, you know, let's let us live like that. Live the dream. So, Barnsley Leeds, I think we're going to see a shadow team. We're going to see, yeah. obviously, a cup team, out. not I don't think it's going to go too mad, but I expect your likes of Classen, Lawshaw, Somerville, probably Sinistera, if you don't start Sunday, you'll get a start. Ken James, if you don't get a start, or Bamford, you know, if he's injured. Things may be yelled at. Grammy, Greenwood, you know, click. That's it's the bench in you know, it, and I've just named our bench on Saturday. But what I mean is, that's the team I expect to see. Throw in there a couple of other youngsters, you know, maybe Archie Gray. I'll get in it. I don't know. I don't know about Gray's injury. I'm not sure where he's at because the club I don't have this in season But those type of players might get a bench appearance, and therefore might get onto the pitch. But yeah, it's going to be a young side, isn't it? But question I've got for you, see, after I've I'll, I'll do a quick preview first and ask you a question, but. Yeah, for me, Barnsley leads. I think it's a showing for us to win, no matter what team he puts out. We should be beating them. I know they a good result last night, didn't they? But I'm going to go all out and say that we're going to beat them. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to expect them to get beat by Barnsley, although we're not great in cups. So I am being very bold and going for a 3 0 leads win. I'm going to, kick I'm going to back us to keep it clean. I don't see why Premier League. So I shouldn't dispatch a Championship side quite easily. But yeah, I think it'll be a fringe player kind of night, and it'll be up to one of them to make a claim for first team. I think that might be click. You know, he might have a game, you know, game of his season so far, given he's not many minutes. And, you know, someone needs to do something, don't they, get into this first team? So I think if he does put a, a, a you know, lesser side out than, than maybe what plays on Sunday and the following week, they need to stake the claim for a first team, don't they? And, um, yeah, injuries aside, it's difficult. You know, it might be that Bamford's injured for Sunday. Then he might, he probably will play Bamford on Wednesday night because they'll be like, you know what, give him 90 minutes in cup or whatever he gives him. And that's working on fitness, isn't it? And um, Yeah, it might be a game for, you know, players that come back from injury to maybe feature in as well. So I think he'll treat it as a training game. Sadly, I I don't want him to. But whilst I get your preview, I've got a question for you as well, Steve, but what do you think Marsh's approach will be to Cups? Because obviously, Bielsa was very much league before Cup. Do we expect the same from Marsh, given what happened last season? Or do we think he might actually think, you know what, trophy? Do we have a go at a Cup this season and see if we can win one? So yeah, that's my question to you on top of your preview for the next Wednesday. So yeah, over to you.
1: So, well, I'll answer your question first, make sure that I, I think he's going to treat Cup a bit like most of managers, to be fair, um, in, in, in Premier League, in the sense that I think he's going to, especially for the first few rounds, uh, like you say, play a bit of a sort of fringe team. And then uh, if we start getting a bit more, you know, sort of towards looking, maybe getting into the quarterfinals, then he might strengthen it up a bit and think, oh, do you know what, we've maybe got a good chance here of... Uh, Get into a semi final or even a final, but yeah, I think if you look at that team, what we put out the other day, uh, for 21s against Norwich, I think it's going to be sort of along those lines. And I'd like to see those players as well because, um, obviously, Sonny Perkins he- he's notching uh, that Mateo Joseph, he seems to be scoring for fun. I'd like to see a bit. You more read of my the, notes, uh... Uh,
0: have you been reading <laughs> my notes? <laughs> You're you stealing my thunder for later on, see. I'm only joking, <laughs> go on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Lado as well who we got from uh, City I might murder his name here but is it Giabi Giabi yeah
0: glad uh,
1: however you pronounce it yeah I'd like to see uh, maybe him get a start as well but yeah it's a good opportunity mate for, uh, for for these lads you know to show to show whereabouts they're at and I think it's always good competition when you play a championship championship side um, I think Barnes will probably come and put a decent side out to be fair they'll, they'll fancy it obviously you know Yorkshire Derby so they're going to be up for it um, so, yeah, it's a good chance, maybe some young lads are just to show um, we're about to start in terms of, you know, are they ready yet for first team or, uh, or is it still going to be a case of developing them a bit further? But I think if prediction-wise what game, I, I think we'll beat them 2-0. Um, you know, no, no matter what side we we'll put out, um, I, I think we'll beat them and uh, hopefully then get a good draw in, in the next
0: round. Like that, Man United at all. Yeah, it be nice. <laughs> One second. <laughs> you know what? I'm a joking with notes thing, um, but I think it's a good place to slide that in because obviously I want to do a little bit of an update on Leeds, but more so the two players that you've quite rightly pointed out and I was saving them back a bit from of preview, so I'm going to drop it in later, but now, nah, great, great, child. <laughs> so I think, yeah, Joseph and Perkins are two for me that are really standing out. Obviously, Joseph notched in pre-season. And, you know, he's got a couple now, on want for 21s, for as they're now known. And as for Perkins, like you say, two and two for him. And he's, he's some player, I think. West Ham were fuming, weren't they, when we, when we signed him? And the uproar amongst their fans, the club, everyone's pissed off. I'm sure it'll go down the, you know, a tribunal route at some point. But I know they were fuming about that. So I think those two, for me, are definitely ones to watch. I know we talk about it. You know, like you gelled out in Greenwood last year, but break, break through stars, really, if you think about youth team. I think those two are going to end up, you know, getting involved quite a bit, and I think not just in cups, but I also think in league as well. I think that you know they're good enough. I feel like Joseph a lot. It's just he's got to adapt. On it, It's come from Spain, and he came from, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to adapt to the English game, and obviously Perkins all know it well because they played, you know, right under youth levels for for sort of West Ham, in in you know Premier League reserves and all that sort of stuff. When it used to be that, so I think both players a quality, and I think. Have you seen that we've announced that documentary today or yesterday for, for you, team? Have you noticed how they're doing documentary on Academy? Yeah, it's uh,
1: September, isn't it that comes out. Yeah, Vinnie yeah,
0: Jones so narrating be, it. That'll be class because it gives us a bit of a uh, you know, take-us-home again, but from uh, an Academy point of view, and there's also a programme on BBC, actually, a minute Luke's has recorded about Academy clubs. I think there's four kids to follow in London. I don't know if you've seen it, Steve, but it's documentary on BBC and they're following these kids and they trying to get into academies and trying to get into the game and it's shining a real spotlight on what you need to do to get there. And I think for young, young kids that are five, six-year-old, I mean, maybe a bit young, but that's the age, sadly, that you need to get into clubs these days to get any chance of getting through. But, yeah, I think it'll give people, or even kids that are 11, 12, that may be in academies, you know, just a real glimpse of what you need to do to get into the game and... So I'll move us on to the difficult, difficult job of Brighton versus Leeds. First of all, are you going?
1: Uh, I'm not going, mate, to Brighton. I've got a ticket as well, but I'm not gonna be able to uh I'm not gonna be able to make that one unfortunately. Right, you've let um, me down
0: your, my roving reporter, so I might have to think about it I this as well. Uh that sight now. But, obviously know, obviously, it's, you've been at South Coast once this season, haven't you? But, yeah, I'll try my best to preview it and then I'll get, who knows what's going to happen. You know, we've got Chelsea first, we've got Barnes, who might end up with, like I said, injuries, suspensions. You don't know what's going to happen, do you? But on the premise of that's our league, next league game, and away game after these two, you know, double headers that we've got at home, Um, home, it, it, it's tricky, wasn't it, because Brighton have started all right. They're not a bad side. They've got a couple of risings, you know, really good players. Obviously, Cuccarello went to Chelsea, so they've lost a bit of talent there, but they have still got it, I think. And, you know, I think Lamptey's still there, not he? And he's a really decent young lad. So, you've got some good players. They've got a decent sort of ethos at that club. Don't mind Brighton. I- I'll have no issue with them. We're on the South Coast again, so a long away trip for that lads. Obviously, they might travel there before, but I think it depends how we go against Chelsea. And if we get our by Chelsea, does that knock us confidence? If we get a point or beat Chelsea, which is the dream are we full of confidence for Brighton and we go into that thinking actually could get a result here but what I want to sort of do is on paper I think they are beatable but I'm going to go on the premise that it's an away game it's in Brighton and I'm not going to predict us to win every week because it's just going to be boring so I'm going to go for a draw and I'm going to narrow it down to a one-all draw I'm going to sort of it's a bit on fence that it a bit splintering my backside but I just think if the teams are what they are and we've got no injuries and, and same squad would, would you take a point now, probably? Could we beat them? Yes. Should we beat them? Maybe. You know, you've got to look at it like that and you're there when it seems that we probably look to beat. You know, if we're going to finish mid-table, aren't we? Which I think we probably will, given how confident we all are, at start to the season. But, um, yeah, I think we're Brighton, and I think it's one of them where, you know, we might take leave, they might equalise, it might be the west we chasing game and grab one late. What happened at Ellen Broad last season with that really, in my opinion, really key goal, I talked about, the one that, for me, told us we were going to go, safe I just knew from that that equaliser is Brighton and I talked about that, that as one of my moments last season didn't I? but yeah I just think Brighton aren't easy and people are going to underestimate them but I'm not so I sort of went for, for Brighton one leads one and um, yeah that's sort of that's where I'm at so over to you on that one Steve if you can even so yeah. far away
1: Yeah, mate. I think, um, like you said, they they have got off to a good start. Um, I mean, the draw at home, up a day against Newcastle. I know they beat Man United away first game at season, but whipping boys anyway out there this year. So it's uh, that's it's no big feat, is it? Um, But yeah, I think. Do you know what, mate? As probably worst two, well, up there with worst two away performances last year for me was Southampton and Brighton and. I think obviously we showed good improvements on last, last season when we went down there on Saturday. So uh, I'm hoping, mate, that Brighton we can do the same as well and uh, to turn up and actually uh, actually have a good go at it. But I'll probably similar to yourself, mate, I think it's, it's going to be hard in it to predict these games now all season. I think it, there's going to be some weird results coming about. Um, but, yeah, if I had to put, um, had to put one down now, I'd, I'd go for a go for, similar to yourself, score draw. I think 1-1, one, one, maybe 2-2. Two, two. Uh, but I'd, I'd definitely take a point down there. It's, I think there are, it's always been one of them teams, Brighton. I think when you go down there, it's uh, it's never easy. Um, I'd actually like to see his record down there. Um, I've been down, I've been down before. I've never seen his win down at Brighton, so it's probably not a bad thing that I'm not going to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd probably, I'd, 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 I mean, I'd take a draw now, mate, as well. To be honest with you, um, I but think yeah, that's it's, what I'm going
0: yeah. go for. No, I think 1-1, I think it's a fair, a fair prediction from us both. And I think one thing, I again, not reviews, and again. we've previewed the three games there. It's a big ask. I only told you last night we were going to do all these, didn't I? Because I decided that I just couldn't squeeze one in next week. Like I said, I'm not even here. And I could, me and Lucas could lay maybe an episode down, but we're going somewhere. We're only in the UK, but we're staying in, a you know, it's one of them sort of outdoor glamping pod type areas. And it's a small space. and the three-year-old in there that likes to scream constantly because he's a very, very noisy child. Now we're getting it so sort of pushed out. This was Simon the Forest, so um, yeah, we'll <laughs> as we've done it. One thing I've missed, Steve Jesse Marsh photograph, explain it to me because we forgot to go over that when we did that. So yeah, explain to me how that picture happened.
1: Yeah, mate. So, uh, after the game, we uh, we, we walked back to the pub where we were parked at. So, um, the mates that drove down like five was in car, mate. So it were a nightmare as well, which <laughs> red sat there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so we, because uh, we parked down at pub, we said after the game, we'll call in, so we had another pint, bought some beers as well for a ride back home, and uh, I think was like second services, we stopped off at, um, we just on uh, A43 at Tochester Services, and we pulled in, and I thought I could see, you know, a few people walking, like, with Leeds tracksuits on and stuff, and then uh, seen Marsh with them, and just as we parked up, so, yeah, we just and uh yeah, just, then just he got put a picture
0: and so oh, you must stay here and he's like, Can I have your yeah, photographs, right. mate? And you, you yeah. gave him a picture, didn't you like a good lad?
1: Exactly that, mate. Yeah, just you know, oh yeah, you need to get on next episode, mate. I was like, it's all in <laughs> good ads, pal. Tune in on Wednesday, we'll be there. But um I have heard that you,
0: I have heard that you're already stalling off screen now. <laughs> There's a rumour that he might be getting a pillow done as well, but um, yeah. Well, what can I say? You know, he's a big fan of yours, and uh, I don't blame him to be fair. <laughs>
1: but um, yeah, do you know? Do you know what mate? As well, it's quite quite interesting. Like we sort of had a little brief chat with him, and uh, like you know, one of the first things he said to us, like you know, when he when he come over, he's like, "I'm so fucking frustrated." That without like mm-hmm. his words, um, you know, you could you could see mate. I, and I think probably deep down it was that like, he was frustrated with himself. He probably knows himself; he he got it wrong. Um, but you could see as well how much it, do, it does mean to him and how well he does want to do with leads, like we are talking about with Chelsea game, and you know thanks us all for coming down and stuff travelling down like with squad and even when we're leaving he was still like giving us Leeds salute
0: and stuff so yeah he's in the top bloke mate to be fair I like him you know I, and I know people say he's very American which he is but I really like him and I just think he cares he gets Leeds I mean look at you know coming out in the crowd after every game and he's, he's every single stand don't miss anybody out you know he engages with them and stuff like that and I, I think it's fantastic. And, yeah, it might be that it turns out, you know, that we hate him eventually because we all score off managers when things don't go right. But hopefully he sticks around for a while. And I'm, I'm giving him every chance. And he just yeah, seems definitely. to engage. I mean, I've, I've seen pictures people have had with him outside of... Um, Friendly when we went, you know, it's friendly that we had at York and stuff, at Blackpool game. And um, he just seems to engage with fans and he's really all about the fans. And that's a very American thing, isn't it? Because they're very much, you know, fan-orientated clubs, aren't they, in the US and stuff like that. So, he's brought a bit of that ethos over here. But, no, I like Marsh and I think he'll do well. do yeah, you know of... what, mate? Like, i was just going to say, sorry, like,
1: I think when you look at what he walked into last season, that was a tough job, that, for any manager what? to come yeah. in, especially after Bielsa, and try and keep us up. Um, so I think, you know, just just off of what he back he did off off the back of what he did last season. Um, you know, I think we just gotta stick by him and uh, just just give him that just give him that time. You know, it's never things are never gonna happen overnight. And I know, you know, patience runs very thin in football. People want results straight away, but I just I do think that we are building a good thing at Leeds and uh, you know, like we talked about earlier with youth and stuff, what are coming through. Um, I think signings is what we made this summer are good. I know people get frustrated and stuff like we're with owners and stuff and you know we we always want more money and we always want more players coming in but you know I do think that went on to a good thing. I just think we've just gotta we've just gotta be patient with it and stick by it I, I do think we'll be good.
0: I think so. I think that's great. And I've yeah I so I've got a couple of last sort of points for you. One of them I wanna talk about is well two actually. One of them that frustrated me a little bit. So I don't know what your views are gonna be. I know you've got your nephew and stuff, but end the wolves game because the kids invaded the pitch and there was about six of them that all ran on. The players are encouraged that by giving the shirts to the kids that ran on. So that's not every kid watching. If you do that every week, you're going to get a shirt off a player. So players shouldn't have given them really. And I know that sounds like I'm being a bit of a killjoy, but it's breeding a bit of a home game now. End up game, we're going to have people run the pitch and then they're all about giving bands out. And I only saw one lad get carted away and I was a bit annoyed because she has got older. hold of lad, didn't they? We're about maybe 12, 13 and he, all younguns got sort of escorted off at pitch, and this lad got ragged away, and he'll probably get banned as well. Maybe his dad or his mum, depending on who it takes him, or his grandparents, whoever he goes with anyway. But younguns seems to just get ushered off with shirts, and it's like off you pop back in the family stand. Anyone runs out at south stand, then it's like they've they've murdered someone. So I think there's two issues here. There's one that we need to stop kids doing that because it ain't great, and obviously they made the rules for a reason. If you enter the playing field, you get banned. And why say that if they are not going to go ahead with it? I don't want kids being banned. 'Cause that's not nice, I don't compare it to being banned. But I have a little bit of common sense. You know, that the, the rules are there for a reason, aren't they? And it's only going to breed more and more people in playing field. And it's a safety thing as well. Because you know, it just breeds a bad for me, a really bad sort of culture. And I might be being a bit of a miserable i start saying that. But that's just my feel, that's just how I feel on it. But yeah, I saw that, I didn't like it. And I said to my lad, he's, he's thought of things. I said, You go on that pitch at any point, mate, won't it wouldn't do anyway. So he's going to run and get a shirt, he ain't bothered. But it's one of them that I'd be a bit like you're on your own pal, and I will tell the club that you ain't nothing to do with me, and you'll be the one that's <laughs> banned. And I'm taking my seat, but that's the first thing I wanted to sort of get your thoughts on. Um, no
1: mate, do you know what? i, I fully do. We we have to we talk about it all the time and chat, what we have like with lads and stuff. Because one of the clubs actually banned it, they said, you know, with the banning like kids and stuff taking them cardboard, I asked, on it, yeah, were fair, yeah. So, yeah, I that with it. And I thought, do you know what? Fair play to them, and um, I'm not sure that it's going to work, mate, because I I also got told, um, well, not got told, but I'd read at the start of the season that any kids who went at the pitch, that then the parents were basically going to take the punishment for it. I mean, yeah. it's obviously started on it at some point where, I don't know, first one to do it, but someone's probably said to the kid, listen, run on, ask so-and-so for the shirt. They're not going to arrest you, you're only a kid or whatever. And then it's just escalated from there. But like you say, if players are giving shirts as well, then next week, you know, there's going to be parents that will think, oh, do you know what? Yeah, run on. You might, yeah, you know, you might get
0: so-and-so shirt. Yeah, playing no, I, heroes. I get it with players they're trying to be heroes to so these kids and they are heroes so a lot of kids have had heroes but we talked about it and we talked about some of our favourite players on we the first episode but yeah it just for me it's breeding that bad culture and I want to go to a game and enjoy what happens after the final whistle do not really bother me but you know if players are coming yeah. right to say thanks to fans and they can't because kids are running on and they stop players from doing that the crowd are going to say why are you thanking us and then you know, it's going to be probably because of that. And um, I think so. I think family stand get away over a lot, if I'm honest with you. Because if you notice our shirts so always go into the family stand if they get thrown in not taken over, I get it because it's where kids sit. But I just feel like some areas at Grand especially South Stand and Cheese Wedge, we kind of get this bad reputation that, you know, if we do something, it's bad. But then it can be done by everybody else. And maybe it's, maybe it's not on us and them things, but sometimes it feels that way. Because, you know, this this and we get a lot of attention and then, yeah, I don't know. It's it's, think, it's, it's it's politics,
1: isn't it? But yeah, I think it's just football as well in general, mate. I mean, when there were all the protests going on and stuff, um, you know, just with all climate stuff and all that, there, there were photo yeah. so, that got posted online on Twitter, and there was a guy stood on top of a police van. Not police were just stood underneath and just watching just him watching while we're protesting. And I think you imagine that outside Ellen Road, if you were stood on a police van, mate, you, you're dragged down by your feet, you're probably going to get put in. Point slammer for a bit, and you're probably looking at a lifetime ban as well from football. But the, that's that's how treated, they treat it, don't they? love throwing book anything to do with football, they come down so hard, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. going back to the, the shirt thing, mate, I just, just let players do like what they used to do you know, like if they want to take a shirt off, go over and give it to a kid crowd, let them do it, don't mm-hmm. encroach pitch though. Like, I used to love seeing players, you know, like they take the boots off and maybe. Yeah, give it to somebody up front who, you know, somebody who might have a disability, for example, but nice well, yeah. you know, just yeah. me- next somebody's day and that. And just, yeah, just let them do it, mate, on, um, if, if they want to do that. But
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree, exactly. You know, I'm not going to, I've got, I've got two, I've got three myself. I mean, I've got two boys myself. And if, you know, I get it, I do get that you're your idols. And to be honest with you, it's only a sweaty shirt, mate. And it that, it ain't that fantastic. But, um, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it But, um, yeah, it's just that, that sort of thing I want to cover with you because I like to moan about something. You know, I like a little bit of a winch. So I like my little winch point to sort of uh, some things off. And what I would say is we've done really well here because we've covered a hell of a lot in about 40 minutes or something. So, so let's get your final thoughts. i to say goodbye. But um, the new ticket system. Nate of mine, obviously, don't have a season to as a member. I know they've got about 16 products, but how much of a farce is that you've got like this? my leads are priority members, then all these members. Then you can have ticket exchange for people like us that want to give us tickets back. Then you've got this ballot. Then the selling ticket exchange. Then you can forward your ticket. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I'm glad I'm a season ticket holder because if I wasn't, I wonder what the hell's going on. And I'd be like, when, when, when do I get a ticket? Paul of mine did it and he eventually got his, um, his Chelsea, uh, got one of his tickets. I mean, think it was actually on ballot. And he got his effort on one through normal process and had have to go into the ballot. But yeah, what a mess. And I get that we was trying to include more fans in getting tickets and getting to watch games this season but my God it's absolutely confusing
1: yeah we never make it easy do we um, I listened to um, I listened to a podcast what Dan Mylon did with um, uh, with um, oh God mate, name's gone now um, wait Angus Kinnear. <laughs> yeah uh, i am not had coffee yet, mate. I'm struggling. Um, yeah, the uh, Dan Moylan podcast, what he's done with uh, Angus Kennedy uh, it covers a lot of those points. Um It's well worth a listen to as well, you know, just regarding tickets and what they're looking into to try and make it fair and, you know, different ways of doing it. But we just never do anything simple the way it's always hard. And people kicking off with memberships saying, oh, well, I bought a Leeds post-membership when I could have just paid £50 for a normal. I thought that was going to give me more priority. But, again, just... People's not looked into it. It, it. it stated on the what what you got, and essentially that extra twenty five quid got your your LUTV passport season, which yeah like, for me is a good a good perk for people. It's you know it's a good way it's a good way to, uh, to to watch games. But I, I think like we touched on last time, mate. It's always going to be an hard one with tickets. You know, it's- like. Like where do you where where do you draw line? I think if if Southampton they give us ten thousand tickets, would would have sold them all. Um, like I think for Brentford game, I think you've got to have done twenty two aways last season. That's what they're starting at for
0: allocation. It's not um, loyals, and it's a diehards that do go up and down country every week. I, I sort of take me out to and salute you, so. Absolutely get it, but no, I think it's a good point, Steve. It's just that if anyone's not <laughs> there that is going through that ticket process, good luck. Uh, FC, I've covered a lot in a short space of time and that's kind of the way you want it to go, don't you? You don't want to sort of feel like you're on it for three hours, but we've covered the next three games. So thanks for coming on again. Like I say, you your electric ball in sight and um, coming back for another episode on probably Monday 29th. So it's going to, be a, going to be a bit of a break here, but my next guest, all being well, without any cups, he's coming all the way from New Zealand. Obviously, he's just going to be sat in his house in New Zealand because we're doing it remotely. But ultimately. I promise you worldwide guests and here's what I'm trying to do so um, all being well that'll be what will happen next time but we'll have lots to cover lots of, to lots of basically review all these games that we've just talked about and other stuff and um, yeah just a bit of a recap me and Steve obviously didn't name another one of our 11 players today because Steve's already had one and he might get another one but I'm trying to leave it open so that each you know each of the positions on pitch has got I guess each but yeah obviously we had that team didn't we that we started Steve we'd have Nigel Martin Lucas saint Pontus Janssen I had Nigel Martin and Lucas So um, yeah. Stream teams are building nicely and you might get a a crack at that against you when you get your absolute ball. But um, no, I want to really thank you for coming on. Obviously, I really appreciate it. The final thing I will say before I let Steve go is that obviously you can follow us on social media. So we are on Twitter only at the moment, at Leeds TT Podcast. So I'll say that again. It's at Leeds TT Podcast. Give us a follow on there. There's links to the show, episode links. I'm going to put some more content out there. And um, if you want to get involved in the show, like I've been saying quite a lot recently, let me know. I'm open to having guests on. I'm looking to line a few up in the next couple of uh, couple of episodes, and uh, yeah, give me a shout. But no, thanks once again for your time, Steve. I hope you enjoyed it today.
1: Yeah, no worries, mate. No, thanks for having us back
0: on, mate. That's great to have you on, and obviously thanks again for all your sort of knowledge, your insight, and your uh, yeah your opinions on that. It's been valuable once again. So um, I shall bid you a good day, and yeah, thanks again for coming on, Steve. It's been a pleasure.
1: No worries, mate. Take care, pal. All
0: right, catch you soon. Speak to you then.
1: See you, mate.
0: Bye. Bye. So that was episode 4 of the Leeds Takes 2 podcast, I'd like to give my thanks again to Steve for being my guest once again, um, yeah great episode um, as I said on the podcast, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter at LeedsTT Podcast, I'll repeat that again, it's Leeds TT Podcast, that'd be much appreciated, if you are interested in getting involved in the show, please give me a shout and obviously we can discuss that further so yeah, thanks very much for listening as always the support is much appreciated and have a great day thank you